And I think there is starting to be really a paradigm shift from genetic counselors offer genetic testing for the purpose of termination versus we can screen and learn this information. We can utilize these technologies because if we find something, there is actually something we can do. This is Caring for Both, a curbside consult series by the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, where experts offer insights on what it means to provide evidence-based, life-affirming health care to both pregnant women and their preborn children. We upload new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host for today, Miriam Diallo. One especially poignant challenge that pro-life medical professionals face in today's healthcare environment is how to nurture and support the health of those affected with genetic conditions. Too often, patients and families may feel that the information about their child's diagnosis is presented in a negative light and accompanied by pressure to terminate by their medical team. This pressure to avoid having a child with an illness or disability can heighten stress for aspiring parents, especially those with hereditary conditions themselves. Amidst these tragic situations, the goal of the care team should continue to be promoting the health and well-being of those affected with a genetic condition through providing balanced information and education and genuine support services. Here to speak to these challenges is Caroline Aragon, a board-certified genetic counselor based out of Minnesota, where she offers telehealth genetic risk assessment, education, and psychosocial support in a variety of clinical areas, including prenatal, general genetics, and oncology. She is available to provide genetic counseling in 17 states. Caroline believes all individuals and families deserve to be empowered to make informed decisions through understanding their genetic information. She feels blessed to provide holistic, pro-family, faith-based genetic support that seeks to understand the individual with their unique needs and values. Her primary focus is helping patients and families understand and adapt to information about genetic risk or genetic diagnosis. In addition, she has experience in genetics research, clinical study management, and patient advocacy. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great to have the opportunity to talk with you today. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as we usually do on this podcast, I'd love to start by asking you to tell us a little bit more about your personal career journey. Um, what kind of work do you currently do and how did you come to serve patients as a genetic counselor? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually came to genetic counseling as a career field um, by a bit of a roundabout path. I had always had it sort of in the back of my mind as a career I was really interested in, um, mostly because I love the interplay between the fields of you know genetics, the science, sort of the fact-based information, um, alongside the psychosocial elements, you know, the counseling aspects, the empathy, um, the individual care and support that we provide as genetic counselors for each you know individual or family. Um, but overall, I had decided after my undergraduate training to go another route, um, in large part because I really was concerned about how I would fit into the field um, with my personal background, my values and beliefs, and what that would look like in practice. So I actually started down a research track in a PhD program in molecular biology and genetics. Um, but after a year there, the opportunity opened up for me to apply for the GC genetic counseling training program at my university. So I actually worked in both training programs, um, doing research in a lab as well as training as a genetic counselor until I 
graduated the genetic counseling program, um, then had my first kiddo, decided to leave schooling at that point to care for my family. Um, I worked in patient advocacy for a while, and now kind of what I'm doing currently is practicing as a genetic counselor um, through My Catholic Doctor, which is a virtual platform of uh, faithful medical professionals, and so I, I'm available for genetic counseling care there. Um, so a little bit of my, my journey to where I am now um, as a genetic counselor, and I do truly believe that um, kind of through this roundabout path and arriving into this field that I was really called here um, to serve individuals and families. You know, there were a variety of obstacles along the way that um, were melted away and have led me to kind of the place that I am now working um, through my Catholic doctor. And I always say that one of my uh, favorite aspects of the field of genetics is that it is really about families. When you talk about DNA for a living, um, you can't help but acknowledge the shared identity that we have as humans and, and within our families. Um, you know, when we search and test our DNA and try to understand what that means for our health and for our well-being, it can really draw families together. Or on the other hand, you know, it can be extremely difficult for those who maybe don't know the origin of their DNA, their family story, or in broken family relationships. And so um, I think there are unique challenges that come with that working in this field of trying to sort of understand our biological blueprint um, and sort of in the, the beauty of this interconnectedness of what it means to be human. So um, that's really something that I love about working as a genetic counselor and in this area of genetics. Those are some really important insights, yeah, and it, it definitely seems like your research background as well as, as your experience serving patients directly gives you a really uh, multi-dimensional perspective on the work that you do. Uh, to clarify a little bit for our listeners, uh, what is the role and expertise of a genetic counselor on the care team, and particularly in situations of a difficult prenatal genetic diagnosis? Sure, just to, so to kind of start with the first part, um, talk a little bit more about what we do as genetic counselors, um, really we have kind of a threefold expertise. Um, when it comes to care, we focus on risk assessment and interpretation. Um, we focus on education and empowerment of patients, and then we focus on counseling, so from more of that psychosocial and support standpoint. Um, and in that realm, we think genetic counselors take, we take our role as patient advocates very seriously, um, and it's something we really have a, a specific skill set in um, as well. And so just to elaborate on, on kind of that expertise a little bit um, in terms of the sort of interpretation aspect, um, we talk a lot about benefits, risks, and limitations of genetic testing. We interpret genetic testing results. We walk patients through, you know, making decisions about genetic testing, um, how to use those results and what it means for them. Um, in terms of their own personal risk for genetic disease. Um, then we provide information about what genetics means, what genes are, all of those basic science concepts to help someone understand um, inheritance as well as uh, specific genetic conditions, you know, focusing on information there really with a goal to empower um, an individual or their family to know that information, to understand, um, to be able to guide them through those decision-making processes. And then in kind of that counseling standpoint, providing support resources, um, you know, helping patients' families connect to the right healthcare providers, to their community, to, you know, maybe it's a rare disease community that provides support for them, as well as, you know, in our personal relationship with that patient, providing them with the support they need to walk through um, this process. And so I think in terms of the care team as a whole, um, 
genetic counselors can be a part of a patient's care at a lot of different touch points. You know, we may be involved at the start to guide a patient through workup and genetic testing. Um, in the various settings that we work in, you know, we often work in conjunction with other providers, such as a medical geneticist in pediatrics or with a, an OB in maternal fetal medicine. But sometimes we can also enter the patient's story, you know, after they've received genetic testing or diagnosis. And I think that's a place where um, the expertise of a genetic counselor does particularly shine in terms of kind of the guidance and counseling piece, sort of walking that journey with the patient of what their testing or what their diagnosis means for them and for their family, um, whether that's preventative next steps, screening, sharing information with other family members, kind of um, being a part of, of that process and serving as a guide for that management of you know their risk or their results or whatever that looks like. Um, so that's a little bit, I guess, to the first part of your question about sort of our role or expertise, and it can look a lot of different ways depending on the specific case. Um, talk a little bit to the example of specifically a prenatal genetic diagnosis. I think one key element that a genetic counselor brings to the benefit of the family really is our, our dedicated training that we receive around psychosocial support and the interplay of that with decision-making and sort of next steps. Um, I think these concepts of, of counseling support and decision-making are really integrated um, when it comes to sort of understanding, coping, moving towards the next steps when a family is faced with that kind of devastating news. And we do spend time in our training and in our practice as genetic counselors focusing on sort of the hows of delivering this kind of a difficult result, um, a difficult diagnosis prenatally in other settings as well, but, you know, to that specific example, something that we really focus on in those conversations is um, allowing the patient to speak first, allowing them to to tell their story or their perspective or their feeling um, and whatever that is, you know, once we've shared that result information and I think relying on empathy skills is a key component um, from our professional perspective as well as I think accuracy and information in these conversations. You know, often a situation of a difficult prenatal diagnosis can very easily become negative because, you know, to receive that difficult diagnosis for your baby is devastating news truly. Um, but something that I focus on as a provider and, and other genetic counselors do is really the emphasis on empowerment, empowering that family with accurate information about the diagnosis, the condition, about symptoms, you know, progression, life expectancy, treatment options, or what can we do. And I think the, the attitude and the tone and the perspective that are used in those conversations, um, those words that are chosen in the way that they're presented really can impact a family in that vulnerable moment of receiving a diagnosis. You know, these situations from a care standpoint really allow us as professionals to encounter that family when they're emotionally vulnerable, rationally vulnerable in terms of their decision-making. And so utilizing the unique counseling skills um, that we have to serve as a guide um, for that family to navigate that difficult conversation, receiving, you know, that diagnostic news and um, where to turn, how to find support, you know, where to go next. Um, I think the last, yeah, the last aspect of that that I would just comment on is um, I think the relationship of trust with the professional in those conversations is also really key. Something we focus on 
in a genetic counseling session quite often is uh, contracting, you know, that relationship building, understanding where the patient is coming from, where they're at now, you know, and, and kind of like I mentioned earlier, just really their story, trying to allow that time for the patient to express, you know, those aspects of their story, you know, where they are at, how this diagnosis and hearing that news impacts them, and then leading a conversation about next steps, you know, about care management, according to the needs that they express. And so I think that kind of a an approach um, to these conversations when it comes to a difficult prenatal diagnosis and incorporating those various aspects of empathy and accurate information um, can really change the, the way that that conversation goes and how the family feels they're able to process and then subsequently to move forward from a difficult conversation about a diagnosis. That's all really important work, understanding the science behind uh, what's happening with uh, patients who are making and walking through some of the most important moments of their lives and being able to translate that science in a way that really educates and empowers them to know what's going on and to make the right decisions for themselves and their families and empowering them to advocate for themselves and their families. That's all uh, things that that patients really, really need, especially when dealing with uh, heartbreaking, you know, prenatal diagnoses and things like that. At AppLog, as you know, we're, we're advocates for life-affirming healthcare, and, and it's especially important that you do your work coming from a life-affirming perspective. And so I'd love to ask a little bit more about that. Uh, what's your assessment of the current environment in the field of genetics as it relates to providing life-affirming healthcare, particularly with the increase in genetic testing and screening and the development of new technologies? And how do you think that impacts the patients that you serve? Yeah, this is a great question. I think as technology moves forward, you know, there are so many wonderful positives with the information that we're able to learn, but also um, a lot of considerations to really be taken into account, kind of as you mentioned. And so I think overall, you know, we know so much more about our genes, what they mean, how to manipulate them than we ever have before. And, and with that really comes sort of a dizzying amount of decisions or factors that play into decisions for patients than ever before. Um, and so I think one aspect that is can be really impactful for, for families in their journey is sort of this pressure to know everything. Um, you know, because there is a test out there or because there is information out there, we need to do it or we have to know. Um, and so that can sometimes lead to sort of these subsequent pressures for decisions that uh, may not be life-affirming or supportive of the family's needs or values. I think that reproductive fertility care, prenatal care, particularly from a genetic standpoint in terms of carrier screening technologies, can be one area where this is definitely a big consideration. We talk a lot about how carrier screening can lead to discussion of reproductive options for a family, you know, a way to prevent or avoid having a child with a particular disease that's being passed through the family, and how that can really impact the family's feelings of, you know, I need to do something with this information, and it may not always be clear what to do um, from from sort of a life-affirming or positive standpoint. And so I think that's one area where improvements in technologies has made um, an impact on families. In another vein, I think that one very positive aspect of 
of this boom in genetic technologies, testing and screening is um, from a treatment standpoint. You know, we focus a lot on disease prevention as a goal in the field of genetics. And, you know, if we know it beforehand, we can do something to prevent that disease from being passed to the next generation. But um, I think advances in treatment kind of also falls alongside that and really demonstrates a positive approach or attitude towards life-affirming care for really upholding the health and well-being of individuals with genetic conditions and their family members and their care. There are some really amazing technologies um, under discovery right now, such as, yeah, just one example might be um, in utero in utero therapies that are being uh, pursued for lysosomal storage disorders as an example of how we could use that prenatal screening or carrier screening um, for a treatment purpose, you know. And I think there is starting to be in the field of genetics, again, from sort of a positive standpoint, really a paradigm shift from, you know, genetic counselors offer genetic testing and guide patients through that screening for the purpose of termination versus, you know, we can screen and learn this information. We can utilize these technologies because if we find something, there's actually something we can do. And I think that shift is something very hopeful for the field of genetics and sort of how we approach conversations about whether or not screening or testing um, or utilization of a particular technology is right for a patient. And that can be really impactful on their journey as well as sort of in their decision-making process of what kinds of information do they want to know And what would they do with that information, which is such a big focus of our practice. And so I think that's a very hopeful shift towards advancements in in many of these treatments for rare genetic conditions. That's all really good to know about both the challenges and also the opportunities of the recent boom in in genetic technology, especially for uh, medical professionals with a more life-affirming perspective. As a genetic counselor, what are your biggest challenges that you face in supporting families and their decision-making processes through difficult situations? And how do you balance supporting a family's desire to have healthy children with the goal of valuing all lives, regardless of illness or disability? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to speak to some of the the challenges, I think, in supporting families, um, one of the biggest ones for me personally as, as a professional is preparing myself appropriately um, to be the guide for that conversation with so many of those elements that I touched on earlier, allowing the patient to tell their story and then guiding them through that process involves a lot sort of from my end to ensure that, you know, I've done the research and I have the resources available for them appropriately. I've thought through, you know, the situations and the potential decision-making points that this family may encounter. And that ultimately you know, preparing myself to provide information in a balanced way, in an accurate way, in an empowering way for that family is definitely a challenge because, you know, every case, every family is different in what those needs might be. But also I think acknowledging that a family does know their needs best. Um, This has definitely been shaped as a perspective for me as a professional through my work in advocacy um, and direct connection, you know, with families living with rare disease, as well as through my personal experience, being a sibling of someone with a chromosomal condition, I think has really led me to, to take that perspective. And though it is challenging to be able to support families from sort of their individual perspective and to enter a conversation about their risk or their care, or their management from sort of the medical side of things with that advocate perspective in mind and really being that for them. And so I think sort of balancing all of those goals when I see a patient or family is definitely a challenge, um, but it's so important 
for for that family to receive um, the education and the empowerment that, like I've mentioned, are such big focuses of what I do. To speak to kind of the second question you you asked there about balancing, you know, families' desire to have healthy children with the perspective of valuing every life. I think this is an ethical challenge that I continue to grapple with myself, you know, supporting things like carrier screening, like I mentioned earlier, or individuals who may uh, have a hereditary condition themselves. And like I said, they know best what it means to live with that condition and who out of, you know, deep love may not wish that experience on their child. Um, those those patients really are their, their best experts on their disease, particularly in the case of rare genetic diseases. Um, and I really do believe they are their own best advocates. But at the same time, you know, I, I really support the attitude that when it comes to care, every child's life has purpose, meaning, value, and dignity. And so really I think it comes down to um, the basic principle of respecting the dignity of every human life and ensuring that the way that I prepare um, for a case, present information, and counsel each family communicates that principle clearly is the way that I have sort of been able to balance in my own practice these various goals like I said, utilizing the the technologies that we have for purpose um, while at the same time being there to support and value um, those who are living with these genetic conditions um, and ensuring that that's communicated clearly um, is really important for me. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of Applogs members can relate to uh, that insight of, of having your perspective of valuing all lives just shine through in, in everything from the, the language that you use with your patients to uh, how you how you care for, for them in addition to uh, their potential or actual uh, pre-born children. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your insights today, Caroline. I'm sure a lot of the, of the physicians among our, our listeners would very much appreciate your, their patients having you as a part of their care team. So um, I'm just wondering, where can pro-life physicians find genetic counselors like you to refer their patients to? Yeah, so a couple of places. The National Society of Genetic Counselors has a Find a Genetic Counselor tool available on their website um, if you're searching for a genetic counselor in your area or someone that may be available to you, so that's one place to look. If you are specifically looking for a faith-based provider, there are some genetic counselors that work in specific hospital systems or clinic that may align with the needs of your patient, so that may be a place to check. Um, I'm happy to facilitate you know, personal connections in the genetic counseling community with other providers, um, and I am personally available for referrals through My Catholic Doctor, um, a nationwide organization that brings together a network of faithful medical professionals for patients, um, which is all virtual care. So if you visit the mycatholicdoctor.com website and search for genetic counseling, you should be able to see my profile, send me a message, or schedule an appointment there. Um, and so that is a couple of places to look um, for genetic counselors. Thank you so much, Caroline. I'll be sure to put all of those links, my Catholic doctor, etc., in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Absolutely. It was great to talk with you, and thanks for the opportunity to share. And a massive thank you to our listeners for joining us today. 
If you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on whatever podcast app you're using to listen. If you have any topic requests, you can reach out to us on social media via the links in the description of this episode or via email at info at aaplog.org. If you're a medical professional interested in joining the AppLog community, we'd love to have you become a member by going to aaplog.org join. We exist to support your pro-life practice. We will see you next week.